You guys, I just, um, I can't even get over how proud I am of these campers, not just for um, the, the coin toss fundraiser, like Pastor Aaron shared, but doing the verse, um, you know, really getting excited about their huddle time. They were really excited, too, to um, listen during the message time. So I just want to share with you right now a little bit of what they experienced during those five days. And, you know, I mean, this, this message, I was thinking about it last night. You might hear it and think, well, this is just for kids, right, this message. But I want to be clear, and I'll get to this kind of at the end, that we can make excuses all the time for reasons that we can't follow God or we can't obey God or reasons that we can't be used by God. We have all kinds of excuses, right? I've heard them all and I've said them all, right? We all do it. And one of the ones for kids is I'm too young, right? I'm too little. Nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody thinks I'm important enough. Nobody thinks I have something to offer, right? And they look at the older people in the church and they think, well, I want to do that someday. Well, the challenge of this camp was that someday can be today, the, the name of the camp is the Minor League. So it was funny because a lot of people are like, we didn't even have baseball in this camp. No, we haven't. We haven't had, I don't think we've had baseball in the sports camp for a very long time that I know of. Um, maybe someday it would be great if anybody out there wants to coach baseball, we could get that going. But uh, the theme of the camp was called the Minor League. And it was tying into our verse, 1 Timothy 4, 11 through 12. I'm going to hold my papers because they're going to blow away. So what we really wanted the kids to learn and to focus on is that just because they are young, just because they're small, just because they're kids doesn't mean that they don't have something special. Are these going to blow away? <laughs> That doesn't mean that they don't have something special or amazing to do for God. They can do big things for God wherever they are in life, whenever they are in life. It doesn't matter. So the days each day had a word of the day, and it came right out of the verse. I like to keep the teachings to be almost like devotional style, very simple for the kids to understand. I don't want to overwhelm them with tons and tons of scripture. I really want to be able to just hone in on that verse so that at the end, they really get it. They're not just saying that verse and, and memorizing it, but the words take root in their heart and it becomes a truth for them that they can carry all the days of their life. So I kind of take it apart. And the first day, our word of the day was the word teach. Now, some of you out there actually are teachers. Uh, professionally, you work for the DOE, or maybe you work for one of the private schools on the island. Um, God bless you, by the way. I've taught as well, and it is a, a noble calling. It is a calling uh, and a profession, and we so appreciate teachers. But we wanted to also challenge the kids that teachers are, we can find them all over the place. Our parents are our teachers, our uh, coaches are our teachers. Uh, there are a lot of people in our lives, bosses, supervisors, who teach us things at different times in our lives, different skills. But what I really wanted the kids to understand is that teachers, no matter where you find them, help other people grow. They're focused not on themselves, but they're focused outward at other people, and their goal is to help other people grow, help other people be better, help other people learn and do new things that they never thought they could do. That is the goal and the, the calling of a teacher. And I wanted the kids to see, so there's these, I did these quotes each and every day, and I liked this one, and I know a lot of you have heard this quote before. You can 
give a hungry man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Or you can teach a hungry man how to fish and he'll eat for all of his life, right? And that point being that, yeah, you can supply the needs of someone for one meal for one day and they won't be hungry anymore and they'll be grateful. But what about the next day and the day after that and the day after that? So is it even more impactful for us to to teach them to fish, to teach them how to feed themselves. I'm going to come down from here because I like to walk around when I talk and I feel like I'm going to fall off the stage. Um, To teach them how to feed themselves and how much more powerful that impact can be. So teaching is such an important thing. In our verse, it's the Apostle Paul writing a letter to Timothy. Timothy was a young man. Timothy could have been intimidated by these older men and maybe even some women in the church. They were older than he was. They even maybe were looking down on him or he felt like maybe they were looking down on him and limiting him just because he was young. And the Apostle Paul wanted to call that out and he wanted to make it clear to Timothy that that is no excuse. He had things that he could teach the people of God. He had things that he could um, uh, do to help them grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So teach, that was the first one. And if you have a bulletin and you have notes, you can be uh, following along in the the notes. You can teach others how to grow closer to Jesus. You can teach others how to grow closer to Jesus. So I wanted the kids to really remember, not only can they teach other people how to do skills, but they can teach someone how to... Um, really study God's word. They can teach someone how to pray, okay? Because some people are like, I don't know how to pray. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what to say. And that is something that we can practice. Teaching is something that can be learned and something that prayer is something that can be learned and something that can be encouraged and practiced throughout your life to, to develop a more mature prayer life. On Monday, our word was insist from the word, from the verse. Insist is to uh, basically make sure that people are following the rules. There's a lot of people that make sure that we follow the rules in different, in different scenarios. Our parents at our house, right, in our homes, uh, our teachers in our classrooms. When we're on the road driving, it's the police officers. Um, if you're at the beach, it's the lifeguards. There are a lot of people in our lives that we would call in sisters, people who you're making, they're making sure that we're following the rules. And when we look at sports, I thought this was an appropriate timing with the Olympics coming up. I talked to the kids about doping. And the, right now there are two uh, Olympic runners, you guys probably heard about them in the news, who are disqualified from competing in the Olympics because they were found they tested positive for banned substances. Whether it affected their performance or not, one of the athletes made a really weird, crazy excuse, bogus excuse for what she did, and the other one really owned up to it. And, and she said she was sorry, but she had these, ex- these circumstances in her life that led her to make that choice. But the, bo- in both cases, the Olympic Committee, they upheld their ban. They are not going to compete in Tokyo. And there's a lot of people who thought it was very unfair. There were people who thought it might be racist, all these other kind of things. But when you look at sports, following the rules is so important. If you don't have that fair, that sense of fair play, you cannot have a true competition, right? Because, and we did this with the, the campers. We showed them uh, uh, an arm wrestling competition, and we had one of our coaches cheat on purpose 
so that they could see that it's not a true reflection of who won if one person doesn't follow the rules. So it's important in sports and in life that we learn that there are rules and we need to learn to live by them. Arnold Palmer's quote, know how to win by following the rules. Arnold Palmer is sometimes regarded as one of the greatest golfers in history, in American history, and really even in the world. He a, a a, was a very accomplished golfer. Um, know how to win by following the rules. So the Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy, encouraging him to not just teach them, but also to insist that they needed to learn. They needed to learn the Bible. They needed to learn how to worship God. They needed to learn how to obey God. And it's not just something that we do because we, maybe we feel like it today, following God, obeying God. It's a, an important part of being a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ is walking in obedience. The Bible tells us again and again and again that to obey is better than sacrifice. So we can make all kinds of promises with our words, but if we're not living it out, in our lives, in our actions, and showing in our obedience that we've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, that we've chosen to live God's way instead of our way, it doesn't mean anything. Okay? So, insist. You can insist that others learn how to love God and live for him. On Tuesday, our word was young, and uh, the, that day was really talking about rookies, and everybody in here, I told the kids, you better get used to being the new person, the rookie, because it happens again and again and again throughout your life. Whether you're the new person in your school, you're the new person in your neighborhood, you're the new person at work, it's, it happens again and again and again. And it can be really hard to be the new person. It can be really tempting to give up when you feel like everybody's friends, everybody gets along, everybody has something to say and contribute. Nobody wants to listen to you. And you can really get inside your own head and you can think, I don't have anything to offer. Let me just quit and go back to where I came from. And what a terrible uh, attitude to go through life with, right? Because you have something to offer and your team may not, might not even know it yet. So if you stick with it, I told the kids, as each day passes, you will become less new. And there will come new people, and you'll be one of the, the older people who can teach them, and, and you won't be the new person anymore. Young people willing to push super hard to make something happen are among the most powerful forces in the world. This is a quote by Sam Altman. He's not an athlete. He's actually an American millionaire and entrepreneur in the tech field. And I, but I love this quote. Young people have so much potential. I told the kids, you know, when you go to Disney World or Disneyland or even to the fair and they have those signs that say you must be this tall to ride this ride, and you know the kids all stand up and they're like trying to stand on their tippy toes or they're putting gel in their hair to make themselves seem as tall as they possibly can so they can ride on that ride that they've been waiting to go on for who knows how many years, right? And it's so exciting when they finally are tall enough. And I told the kids, you know, sometimes when, it, when you have rules like that, it's for safety and it makes sense. But sometimes there's a lot of people who wrongly limit young people and their potential to do great things. And they just dismiss them just because they're kids, just because they're teenagers, just because they're young, right? But young people, especially young people willing to be passionate about something, push super hard, and put the effort in can do amazing, amazing things. Insist, uh, sorry, young doesn't have to mean 
too young. Uh, the Apostle Paul and Timothy here in this letter, I really like that he said, don't let anyone look down on you or think less of you because you are young. Don't let anyone. So basically, you're going to give them permission in your life to look down on you. If, you, if, they're, if they have that attitude but you allow it, then, then it's just gonna, that's how it's going to happen, and it's just going to continue. But instead of letting them look down on you because you're young, or because you're the rookie, the new person at your work, right? You can stand up and say, you know what? I have something to say. I have something to contribute. I have something to offer. And I don't, I don't have to just be intimidated just because I'm the young person, just because I'm the rookie. You are not too young to be used by God. And this is what I was saying here, too. You can use this in all different forms, right? So you can also use all the other excuses that we come up with. I am too old to be used by God. I am too busy to be used by God. I don't have enough money to be used by God. I'm not talented enough to be used by God. I'm not smart enough or not good enough. Stop making excuses. We told the kids, they can do amazing things for God right now today. So can you. There's no reason why we can't all, as the body of Christ, be using our gifts, our talents, our money, our time, everything that we have for the glory of God. Wednesday, the word was example. And we tied that into the word MVP, the most valuable player. Now, like I said, Wednesday was our gospel day, our good news of Jesus Christ day. This quote, some people are hurting so bad, you have to do more than preach a message to them. You have to be a message to them. That's Joyce Meyer. She's a very well-known Christian author and speaker. You have to do more than just preach. Stop don't stop at just words, right? You want to put those things into action. Actions speak louder than words. We can talk and we can talk and we can talk to people about, oh, you're hurting, turn to Jesus. Uh, Jesus will help you. But if we don't actually go and meet their needs and be that message of help and of love and of hope to them, they're not going to hear anything. It's not going to stick with them and nothing's going to change in their lives. Do more than preach a message, be a message. Set a good example. So I told the kids, when I was younger, I am one of five kids. I'm the second oldest. I'm the oldest girl. So I have lots of younger siblings. And I always heard this all the time, set a good example for your brothers and sisters. And I told them, you know, it seemed like, too, whenever they got in trouble, for some reason, it also became my fault. <laughs> They're like, well, this is because you set such a bad example for so-and-so when you did X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, wait a minute. Not only do I get in trouble for the stuff that I did, but I get in trouble for the stuff they did too, and it seemed so unfair as a kid, right? But now I understand as an adult that younger siblings look up to their older siblings. They admire them. They want to be like them, even though they might be a little bit annoying in the way they show it. They really look up to them, and so therefore the older ones, it is up to us to set a good example. Um, Jesus set an amazing example for us. He, like I just said, he didn't just preach messages. He went out to the people. He met their needs. If they were blind, he healed them. If they were hungry, he fed them. If they were lame, he made it so they could walk. He spent time with them. He made them know that they were seen and important to him. And more than that, he finished all that up and capped it all off with giving his life for them on the cross, a death that he didn't deserve. He was innocent. He did not sin, not even once in his entire life. 
And yet he died the same death that the worst criminals would die on a cross. He was beaten. He was bloodied. He had a crown of thorns jammed down on his head. They made fun of him. They spat at him. And when they nailed him to the cross, did he call out all kinds of insults on them? No. Like the Bible says, he was silent like a lamb going before um, the, the slaughter, right? Jesus chose willingly to be an example for us when he walked in obedience and in faith and in love for God. And he was used by God to save the whole world, to save everyone who believes in him. Jesus was our MVP. He was the greatest MVP. I said if there was a, a hall of fame of MVPs, Jesus would be right there in the front, right? He put in the 100% that it takes to become an MVP, a most valuable player. And we can follow Jesus' example, not only by giving our lives to Jesus and believing in him as our Savior, but by following his example, we can be Jesus to other people. We can show his love so that other people feel it, not just say it, right? Not just with our words. We can make sure that they feel and experience his love. Romans 3.23 says, all people have sinned and are not good enough for God's glory. I told the kids they're not good enough for God's team. And that might sound really terrible, right, to hear. I'm not good enough for God's team. I'm not good enough for God. That's the reality. Our sin makes us not good enough. But Jesus came came and died so that we could make God's team by believing in him. Romans 5.8 says, but Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And in this way, God shows his great love for us. The payment for sin is death, but God gives us the free gift of life forever in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I taught the kids that to believe this, all it took was the ABCs. A, B, C. A, admit. You're just basically saying, I messed up and I need help. Admit. Recognizing that you're a sinner. Recognizing that you messed up and that you need help. Believe, be, believe. Jesus is the help I need. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the only Son of God, that he came, that he never sinned, that he lived a perfect life, and that he willingly chose to die on the cross in your place. And C, confess. Jesus, I need your help. Please save me. That's all it is. If you pray that prayer, then you join God's team, and you can be on God's team forever. Let's all follow Jesus' example. And you, too, can set an example like Jesus. Our final word was believers. And we really focused on that day on the word team, right? We're all about sports here at Sports Camp, and we focused on the word team. Tony Adams, who's an English football player, so soccer, right? In England, that's what they call soccer. He said, play for the name on the front of the jersey, and they'll remember the one on the back. Play for the name on the front and they'll remember the one on the back. The team is more important than the individual, okay? As an individual, you can accomplish a lot, but if you really, really want to do something amazing and something big in a team sport, you got to play for the team, and you got to put your own personal ego aside and do what is best for the team. I had the kids say, and I'm going to have you guys say it. Repeat after me, teams are tough. Now say it again, teams are tough. The reason why I had you say it twice is because there's two meanings there. 
One, teams are tough. They are strong. You are stronger when you're part of a team. Stronger when there's more than one. Okay, whether that be in the workplace, at school, on the competition sports field, at home, teams are tough. But there's another meaning there. Being on a team is tough. It could be really hard to work with other people. You might not like them. You might not get along with them. You might have different styles and ways of doing things and disagree. Being on a team is tough, and it can be really, really tempting, just like when you're the new person, to quit and go find something that feels a little bit better. But it's important to stick it out if you're going to want to get to that end goal. It's never easy to be a part of a team, but it'll be worth it in the end. All through the Olympics, we're going to see teams decorated with medals because they competed as a team whether it's for the United States or other countries. And each and every one of those teams that wins and stands at the top of the podium with the gold medals around their neck, they're the ones who put their own priorities, their own goals aside and said, let's do what's best for the team. And let's make sure this team accomplishes something and does something and wins something. Teams are tough. So when the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy to be an example for all the believers, he was acknowledging that being on God's team is also tough, both ways. God's team is tough in that you are stronger when you are with the people of God, the family of God. But God's team can also be very tough. There's a lot of times when the people of God will let you down and will hurt you, and will disappoint you. And it can be very easy to walk away and quit. It happens a lot in churches and in uh, uh, Christian and, and Christ communities all around the world. People give up because it's hard, because they've been hurt, because God's team can be tough. But I want you guys to remember, sticking with God's team is so important. There's four things here. One, you can be on God's team. That is believing in Jesus as your Savior. Two, you can play on God's team. That's finding a local church and joining other believers to help you as you grow to be more like Jesus. There are people here this morning that are a part of another local church because we've invited the kids from sports camp to be here. And I want us all to remember that the church, capital C, is everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ as their Savior. We are the church. And someday, when we're all together in heaven with God, we're not going to have Kauai Bible Church and Kalaheo Missionary Church and Lihue Missionary Church and, and Kaloa Missionary Church and KCF, right? But it's also important that you find a local church, people who can pour into you, can help you be discipled, can help you uh, hold you accountable, can help you uh, learn from God's word and grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what the local church does for us. And there are different local churches, and everybody has their own different styles and their way of doing things. There's nothing wrong with that. So wherever you feel that God is calling you to be, be there. Play on God's team. Stick with it. Put in with your time, your talents, your money, your energy. Give it all to God's team. And that's when you'll win with God's team. God's team always wins thanks to Jesus Christ. And because of him, you can be a winner too. So I just want to share one final thing. And I just think, you know, when Pastor Aaron shared about this earlier, but what the kids did when they raised that money, I just want to reiterate how huge it was to me and how amazing it was for me personally to just show me what this camp really meant. Because I really struggled during this camp. 
It was during a pandemic year, and we weren't too sure. We decided to move the camp to the evening, hoping for more volunteers, which totally paid off. But we had a lot less kids, and I know the first couple of days, I really felt discouraged about that. And God just really showed me that it didn't matter who I thought was supposed to be here. God knew who was supposed to be there. God had a message for each and every person that was supposed to be there. And I needed to just get out of the way because it wasn't about me. It was about God's team and what God's team was going to accomplish that week. And God's team did something so amazing. I mean, $1,700, guys. Like, I, when I said 800 that was a lot. Our last camp, we got just over 700 And that was with twice as many kids. This was half as many kids. This was probably one of the smallest sports camps ever on Kauai, and certainly the smallest one I've ever been a part of. And instead of getting discouraged about that, the kids did something amazing. They really owned it, and they did something that I never, ever thought they could do. And that's just a, such a great reminder for all of us. Um, I did want to share one, th one more thing um, really quick before we just close this morning. I, I know that each of you here, a lot of you guys are parents, and there's one thing that I saw in this scripture, this verse, that I think is important for parents. And one thing that really jumped out to me, for me as a parent, is that the Apostle Paul didn't just speak these things to Timothy and call out these things for Timothy. He expected it of him. And I think as parents, we kind of like cross our fingers and hope for the best that our kids are going to choose to live for God and choose to love Jesus Christ for all their lives. And, and, and we're just praying and hoping for the best. And I'm, I'm not saying that that's not the wrong thing to do. Yeah, we absolutely can hope for the best. But what if we went a level above that and we let them know that we expected it of them, right? And how do you do that? You start with yourself. If they don't see you in God's word, if they don't hear you praying, if they don't see you worshiping, if they don't see the actions in your life, it's not going to stick, Right? They'll go to church with you when they're young, when you're making them. But when they get older, they're going to choose their own way, and they're going to say, well, mom and dad didn't really mean what they said, right? So let's expect this of our kids by expecting it of ourselves, okay? All right, let's close in prayer, and then I have some thank yous that I want to do real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for sports camp. Thank you for everything that you appointed and accomplished this week. It was all about you. It was all about your team, your purposes, your kingdom. Thank you, God, for letting us be a part of it. We're just in awe of what you did. We're in awe of, of you, Jesus, of everything that you've done for us. Thank you so much for taking our place on the cross. Thank you so much for taking our punishment. We say it again and again in churches, and, and I think sometimes it can kind of just become something that empty that we say, that Jesus died for us. But if we really stop and think about what that means, and really stop and think about the suffering that you went through, Jesus, in our place, um, we just can't help but be humbled and be brought to our knees and just be thankful for everything, God. So just thank you for everything that you've done this week. Thank you for everything you've done in our lives. I just pray for each and every person here this morning, God, that they would um, not let excuses, whatever they may be, God, stop them from doing something big for you today. Thank you, Lord. We just ask all of these things in your precious name. And all God's people said, amen.